Welcome, everybody. Uh, we're going to be walking through Genesis chapter 1 today. I got my boy, Jay Harper, in the house. What's up? What's up? Um, dude, I'm excited to get started on this, Justin. What do you think? It's going to be awesome. No better place to start uh, than at the very beginning of the Bible. Genesis 1. Yeah, I think the goal of this is to kind of kind of walk through the Bible and um, really just, you know, be um, super genuine about our thoughts on some of these things, some of our studies that we've been doing on this. And, you know, the main goal is I don't want any fake laughs. Listen, if I tell a terrible joke, I don't want any fake laughs. You know what I mean, I want it to be like crazy, crazy real, okay? I don't want you, you know, giving me any pity laughs. I'm not going to give you an ounce. I'm not going to give you anything. Don't give me nothing. In fact, I'm going to be, I'm going to be kind of a Scrooge with your jokes. Yeah. <laughs> don't even smile at me. Don't, don't do it. I'm not giving you nothing. No. Okay. Um, let's start off by reading this. I'm just going to read a couple paragraphs. Why don't you read some after me? So, were you in Genesis 1? We're doing the NASB version because we're good Bible study Christians. We're not using that NIV or anything no. like that. Or no. the NLT. <laughs> Garbage. Garbage. Garbage, yeah. <laughs> um, I did have a friend recently uh, talk, tell him, basically I sent him a couple Bible verses and asked him to quote on it. It's a friend that we both we both know. And he specifically said, like, your first problem is you're using the NIV to using word study. And... You know, I know we've we've talked about this in the past, but what are your thoughts on? But what are your thoughts, real quick, on like different translations? Yeah, I mean, I think it's difficult. Or I'll say this: that I get why certain word studies would produce maybe certain translation, different translations. Like I've done that before too, and it's kind of like I've popped up. If you're doing a certain word study, I've popped up sometimes with more NIV verses as well, just because that's how that translator chose to use that certain word. Um, obviously, because there's a semantic range. So, no, I guess I, I want to be careful that I don't, you know, totally trash NIV or even NLT or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, because I think there's a purpose, right? There's a purpose of, like, maybe someone who's new to the Bible, um, they they find, or whoever, maybe feel like, hey, it's it, this is more simple. Um, and so I think that serves a purpose. If you're saying, hey, in my quiet time, I just like to, you know, do a quick NIV chapter. I think that's fine. I do feel like that in your Bible study, though, when you're getting deeper, um, it, you know, something like a NASB, an ESV, uh, or there are others, you know, NRSV, I think, um, you know, that kind of their goal is to try to do more of a word-for-word -word translation instead right. of a phrase or anything like that. And so when you're doing that to get a little deeper, um, so I think translations, are, you need to consider the purpose, right? So. I agree, and I would just say when I first started, I remember, you know, quick background, I started going to Bible studies, I guess, you know, or me and Justin got to know each other about five years ago, and I remember immediately hearing different opinions on this, and I remember being so caught up in making sure I had the right translation, right. and like, I wasn't doing word study, I was just reading the Bible, basically, for the first time, so I personally think it's not a good idea to get caught up in translations uh unless like exactly what you said a word for word study it was almost i don't want to say it was like a stumbling block but i just remember like me making a much bigger deal about it than it really yeah. needed to be 
um, especially worth where I was at. So if you really want to do a word study, you got to read it in Greek, right? Yeah. Well, I, I think that, that where the confusion come from, comes from is like a lot of times people – sometimes people think the only options are King James or NIV, mm. right? I think that's where a lot of stuff comes from because a lot of people are like, man, King James, the Old English. Like dude, I totally get it, you know? Right. Uh, but, but like the, the NASB – uh, I think it is an easy read, and it still um, preserves, you know what I'm saying, I guess a, a closer, what I would say. You right, know, right. Translation. So We could get more into NASB, uh, why NASB is supposed to. We could get more into that probably in another video. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Let's, dig in, let's go straight into this. Um, I'm going to read the first, like, maybe four paragraphs and I'll let you read those really? second you, four. You don't want to unpack it a paragraph at a time? You know, we, yeah, you know, let's just unpack it a paragraph at a time. I actually do like that, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think that's so a great you, idea. Yeah, that way you would just tackle one through five, right? Yeah, yeah. Why don't I just read the first paragraph? So, yeah. Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void. And darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from darkness. God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning one day. Nice. So one of the things um, I think is really interesting when I first approached Genesis chapter one is like we see this obviously as the beginning of human history, but there's been questions posed like were all the angels like created at this time as well? Or, you know, is this the beginning of all spiritual existence apart from God? Mm. You know, well, um, and so I, I don't know. I, I and, and the thing is where it gets tricky, I feel like, is is the word heavens. Um, it's kind of like, is it talking about, um, you know, where the cloud, the sky and the clouds in space? Or is it talking about the, the spiritual realm? Um, just, just based on m my reading, uh, I, I'm unsure. I'm unsure if, you know, what that might contain. I, I think there's evidence to assume that the heavens and the earth is just that the the entire physical existence right so the universe and everything not necessarily the angels and what we call heaven right so i think what we call heaven what i would say is like the throne room of god mm. right and the anyway but um i would, ag I would agree i mean i think my initial um understanding of this and i think what I typically hear most pastors and people have studied this a lot. What I've generally heard was like, this is just kind of all physical space. And that's yeah. always been my assumption as well. Right. Cause God always existed, but I guess he could, you're right. I guess he could technically create like, like the throne room at the same time, uh, for example. So, that is really interesting. I haven't thought about that because I always just assumed the heavens was an old school way of the sky and space, you know, like outer space, the stars and galaxies and all that. 
Right, but I think there are other people when they see heavens, they think of the the you know, like I said, the spiritual angelic realm as well. Right. Um, and I guess the the difficulty, I guess he here's the difficulty a little bit is that we're trying to so human you know existence history has a linear timeline, mm-hmm. and so you know get so let's just say that that this this verse we just read is the start of human timeline, but not but God had pri- prior prior to this whenever this was God had created the throne room and the angelic beings. Mm-hmm. Um, when did Satan fall? Right, and, and and that's kind of the the difficulty, um, because right now we get a lot of like as as we read on, we're going to see there's a lot of multiple times. And God said it was good, or it was God saw it was good. Right. And so, with all this, saw it was good. It's hard to maybe fathom this idea that Satan had already fallen, because I believe that when he had fallen, I mean, I, I, I'm not for sure. Like when Satan fell, was he kicked out of heaven right away? Uh, was he kicked? Meaning, like, was he removed from the throne room of God, put on earth right away? Um, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, it gets tricky because then it's kind of like, but everything was still all good. And a lot of people want to make it more difficult because it was like, it was there was darkness, formless and void. Right. And, and then they look at that as like this negative thing as we're getting into verse two. And I'm not convinced it was. I think it's like when you start, when an artist starts with molding clay, right? It is like the the beginning stages of producing the artwork isn't this awesome artwork yet right it's it's in making and so like i don't think that formless darkness all means bad yeah i i i agree but i think you've made a couple quick you know really good points here in the beginning right so it's outlining that the the earth and likely outer space had a beginning right time didn't always you know this hasn't always been around the universe hasn't always existed and the second thing is created the heavens and the earth. So at the very, I think at the very least, it's fair to say that we're talking about Earth, outer space, galaxies. Yes, the the the, the entire physical realm. The entire yes. physical realm. Yes. So we got two, you know, kind of time, and then you have you know space. Um, and then you kind of mentioned something about this next verse, um, formless and void. Um, and kind of like you were saying with the clay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it's, I, I don't think this implies to me anything negative, like the earth was bad. Then God had to repair it or whatever. And it's just, there's, I, I just don't see any evidence for any of that. Like, I think it's just God, it, God is like detailing his pre creative process here. Right. And his final result ended up way cooler, maybe than his initial earlier pro- processes of creating. I don't know. Let's move on to the next one. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the, that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. So, it obviously, light well, didn't exist at the beginning. Right. And then God created light. <laughs> and, of course, this is where we start off this whole idea of God thought the light was good. Mm-hmm. You know this, uh, yeah. which he'll talk about over and over. And God separated the light from the darkness. Um, that's something that we all kind of just take for granted, you know, in the world because we grew up grew up in it. But it's kind of an interesting thing, right? God created darkness and light. Yeah. I mean, 
Very fascinating. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning one day. Yeah. And so I think this is interesting because I believe later on in this chapter, we're going to read about how he created the uh, luminaries or I forgot how it, 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 it later on he created. So, so I believe the first creation was earth. Um, and then I believe he, after that, he created uh, the universe and things like that. And like the luminaries, the sun, the moon, the stars, things like that. Um, so one of the things I think people get hung up on is if God didn't create the luminaries till later, how is their light? Uh, you know? mm. And so, um, but also kind of, <clears throat> you can't, I feel like you can't really talk about Genesis 1 without talking about, um, you know, the age of the earth right like and things like that and so obviously um henry both you and me are 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 young earth i believe um i'm a quick i'm (laughs) i'm I'm equivocating i lean i lean young earth because i like to take the bible bible as literal as possible so so long as there's not like poetic language really being used and i think that is the case but at the same i'm not like this like crazy staunch like young earther like if somebody believes in old earth then that's perfectly fine as well yeah i guess i would be the staunch young earther i'm i'm not yeah if 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 somebody believes in old earth um that doesn't jeopardize their their salvation um but it's just i don't think it's the closest i just my my question would be is how they how they arrive that way because every area of science has a philosophical foundation so you can't just have a pure scientific view that doesn't have some sort of influence or balance and so that that that, that's all i'm saying but the point is the reason i'm bringing that up is because it says here uh light so the the light he called day the darkness he called night right so when when you do that like this morning and there was evening and there was morning one day right And, and so you you have the the one day thing um, and so then you've kind of got to, you, you've got to look at what the word day means right. in the book of Genesis. And it's right. so like every time, um, you see kind of day referred to it with, 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 with the number, like, a, a you know, one, so one day or w- with a number next to it. Um, like, uh, unless you take this passage as old earth, every time it does a, a day next to a number, it's a 24 hour period. So right. you would have to go against the grain. Um, and interpreting it differently. Listen, if God's creating the universe, I'm pretty sure he can make it as fast or as slow as he'd like, you know? So I don't think, if you're already, if you already believe that there's a creator, um, I don't see why, and that's why I I lean young earth is just because I don't see a problem with believing that God created this in 24 hours or, you know, could he do this in a million or billion years? Yeah, he could do that too if he likes, but it, I agree. It seems to indicate that this is a 24-hour period. Um, and we could get into a full-blown discussion about like, well, th- there's a there's so many different, you know, age of the earth options. If you want to go old earth and you want to figure out how this works into an old earth system, there's a bunch of um, articles online about that, you know, all these different theories. Um, so we won't get super into that today. Let's move on to this next paragraph here. Then God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate waters from waters. 
God made the expanse and separated the waters which were below the expanse from the waters which were above the expanse. And it was so. God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening and there was morning a second day. I love how you said the word expanse because you were like <laughs> pants. Like they were your former pants. <laughs> but there being a, ex, like, how would you say it? Expanse. So you were saying expanse. <laughs> I'm saying expanse. Bro, yeah. <laughs> I agree. I uh, hey, you're hey, you're gonna do some. You know what? You're gonna be doing some reading whenever we get to like the <laughs> okay. naming all these random, <laughs> okay, yeah, random yeah. prophets and stuff like that. Yeah, when, when when we get to the chronology, I believe it's in Genesis five. <laughs> right, um, right, right, right. You're reading that. You're reading that one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm down. No, but I mean, um, it's interesting here because like even going back up about how God created the waters, like. It appears that when he first created the earth, it was entirely just ocean. Um, and that he, after the ocean was created, then he kind of chose to have land uh, form or, or surface or whatever you want to say. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, um, you know, the, the expanse, I've read a number of different things, and this is something I've been studying recently. Let there be an expanse in the midst of of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. God made the expanse, separate the waters, which were below the expanse from the waters, which were above the expanse. So it's like this whole thing is like, well, which waters are below? And I, our, I, my initial inclination would be like, oh, okay, well, of course that's the oceans, right? I think everyone kind of goes there immediately, but which waters are above the expanse and what does heavens mean, right? It's like, you know, it says right here, um, God called the expanse heaven. And so is that the, <laughs> is that the sky? You know what I mean? Is that, is that what we're talking about? Or are we, is that the, is that the entire, earlier we we're talking about, is that the sky or is that just also, is that the sky and it's the, the entire universe? Um, now I think I've read a number of different articles on this. Some of them will say, well, hey, this means kind of the lower heavens, a.k.a. the sky, where the birds fly, and the expanse above could be maybe clouds, you know, the moisture in the air, or the atmosphere. Um, I've read, you know, um, articles that would say that, well, there's some type of water. This isn't just talking about the lower heavens, a.k.a. the sky, but this is also talking about the universe, and so where did all that water go? Um you know, that's a, that's a kind of an unknown, and there's an unknown answer to that. And then I've also heard um, this whole idea about, you know, in the Bible, people lived a lot longer. And so was there some other type of atmospheric situation in which, you know, it allowed people to live a lot longer than after the Noah's flood? Um, you know, some stuff changed there. You know, and so people would generally live less. Justin, any thoughts on any thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I've I've heard some things as well. I guess that there's like a like the the expanse above could be the the ozone, maybe the ozone layer, or some sort of a firmament or something. Um, you know, part of the the sky. And so I have heard of you that they believe that there was a thicker. <clears throat> I don't know if it's ozone layer or what it is, but there's a thicker. Um, layer of water in the sky 
that gave us extra protection from the sun. Right. And so the sun aged a lot slower and that that with that extra layer of water is what God unleashed or used to flood the earth. Uh, right. And so I've heard that view. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Um, I guess I haven't like hopped on the, the, I'm not fully committed to the train of the, that thought. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think it's plausible. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think there's not enough evidence to say for sure. Um, I agree. But I agree that it is an interesting. There are different views on that. Yeah. I mean, neither with it goes without saying that this was during you know Moses wrote this, right. um, inspired by God. Moses wrote this, and so during this time, you know, he had clouds. I mean, this was after Noah's flood. So we're all presuming, I guess we weren't there, but they, you know, it's safe, pretty safe presumption that they had clouds back then too. So they defined this, that they put this in here. Um, it's kind of an interesting, to me, it's just, it's interesting that Moses, like if Moses was just making this up, why would yeah. he make it, why would he make it sound like this? You know what yeah. I mean? Kind of over, like, it seems like a bit overly complicated. Like why, why, why would he do that? Um, yeah. You know, to me, that's it's just fat. To me, it's just fascinating that he would, he would. Uh, this is even included because I yeah. think this has added a lot of confusion. I mean, this one right here has confused. I mean, I've looked this up multiple times. But like, what does this expand mean? And at this point, I'm just kind of having to be like, you know, what? I don't know. You know, it doesn't really say what this was exactly. You know, it's like, and I think that's okay sometimes to not know 100. percent Right. What that is. So, uh, so we're on the second day. Uh, we just finished the second day. Let's go down to this one. Why don't you read this one? Yeah. Then God said, let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth and the gathering of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. There's another good. <clears throat> then God said, let the earth sprout vegetation plants yielding seed and fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit after their kind with seed in them and it was so so we have um kind of here we have plants being some of the earliest things created so the earth brought forth vegetation plants yielding seed after their kind and the trees bearing fruit with seed in them after their kind and god saw that it was good and there was evening and there was morning a third day so it's interesting the the, the plants um so you, you know they you have the dry land come out of the waters now you have plants um you know like vegetation so um grass trees flowers all that and he kind of created this system of already like grass would produce grass trees would produce trees um kind of that whole whole reproduction thing the, the plant life already yeah I think that is extremely fascinating. Life from life comes more life, right? It's like mm-hmm. the same way humans populate the earth. Right. The you know animals, animals, <laughs> yep. populate the earth too. Yep. Uh, and it's not the exact same way, right? Like, I mean, I, I actually I read this recently. I was looking at some of the biology behind how some plants can uh, re- plant some plants reproduce in other ways, but yep. at at the very least, I think we could say this is where life kind yeah. of 
life first begins you mm. know whether it's maybe not human life right but plant life here's yeah. the beginning um <clears throat> another word that i think is talked about a lot is this word kinds yeah you know um and it's really interesting all the different plants that can come from you know by certain breeding i guess i don't know the exact word but breeding different plants together yeah um, or whatever yeah yes. so uh yeah definitely uh fascinating let's move on to the next one then god said let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from night let them be for signs and for reasons and for days and years let them be for lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth and it was so god made the two great lights the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night he made the stars also god placed them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth and to govern the day and the night and to separate the light from darkness god saw that it was good there was evening and there was morning a fourth day so <clears throat> here's where i believe that god created the rest of the universe galaxies all those kinds of things um here in in this section obviously i i mean he was referring to the sun and the moon right the what, what i called earlier the the luminaries um, and so I think it's interesting. You talked about to govern the day and the night and it's weird how, or it's interesting how different cultures. So I believe that we are, we have solar years and lunar months or right. something. Like that. And so other cultures have the opposite, have lunar years and solar months. And so that actually, um, understanding how different cultures documented their their months and years based on either the sun or the moon is actually how we're able to reverse timeline so i know that's big because in the um so when we were trying to date the kings of israel and a lot of dates just in the old testament interesting enough uh the the assyrians uh you know the where nineveh was they actually used just like we do they use solar years and lunar months if i'm getting that right and so that helped us in our timeline because a lot of ancient cultures did the opposite, which made the timelines hard to line up really well. Right. You know, another thing I noticed here is the introduction. It's like you God created light in paragraph one right here. And yep. then in this paragraph, we're seeing that God uh, makes two great lights, the right. greater light. To govern the day which we would say is the sun the lesser light to govern the night mm -hmm. which we would say the moon and he made the stars also um this is a question that comes up it's like well you know where was the light source in paragraph one if the light source wasn't the sun where did that light source come from and that's a question that a lot of theologians over the last, you know, hundreds, I'm sure thousands of years have talked about. There's a bunch of different opinions on that. But um, it seems that God had a light source before that he ultimately used. And then he introduces the sun and the moon to kind of be the light sources going forward. 
Yeah, and I think that um, also like in, in and at the end of Revelation, we see that there will no longer be night and that we won't have a sun because God himself is going to be our source of light. So it, I think it's possible maybe that there's an overlap, right? So God chose to just, you know, use his own light or, or however you want to, to to reconcile that um, so that it, it didn't need a, a separate uh, you know, a, a item or object to to play that role, but here he 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 does initiate that. Cool. Then God said, "Let the waters teem with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth in an, in the open expanse of the heavens." God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarmed after their kind, and every winged bird after its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. There was evening, and there was morning, a fifth day. So now we see on, on a fifth day is when birds and sea, sea, sea creatures were created. Um, which is interesting here. Um, and then let's see, I was just noticing. Um, it's interesting. So I think that God actually created the sun. And so we went on our fourth day, he created the sun and the moon, but I believe it was the, the third day that he created plant life. If I'm remembering correctly. Right. Yeah, exactly. So the third day was the plant life. So like if you didn't take the, the 24 hour period, so I know that, that plants need sunlight. If you took an old earth view, I would wonder how plants could have lived so long without um, having the, the sun kind of be there. You, I mean, cause you still have, you could say there was a light source, you know, light and darkness that still goes. Um, but I don't know what, uh, you know, once again, I don't know how you'd pair those together, but anyway, Either way. Um, <laughs> well, what I've read is that the, the light source that God creates on day one mm -hmm. is what allows plant life to sure. then, um, you know, produce, do photosynthesis and all the things it yeah. needs to do in order to, you know, grow. So yep. that's, that is, I agree. That is, it's definitely the order of these things. Definitely very interesting. He definitely, yeah. they definitely put plants before these living creatures yeah. which i think will come in later because it seems it seems to show you know if you hold a if you hold a young earth view you're 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 going to say that death hasn't entered the world at this point um and <clears throat> if that's the case you know animals aren't you know necessarily eating animals and you know <laughs> that they're all vegetarians and we, we talk yeah. about death we're talking about I guess sen more sentient beings and not necessarily like plants. At exactly. This point. Yeah, um, it appears that God didn't allow animals to eat other animals, or that didn't start till Genesis nine, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I also want to point out that birds fly above the earth in the open expanse of the heavens. Well, the, here we have we're talking about this expanse again. <laughs> yeah, we are. We're talking about the expanse. Uh, by the way, merch coming soon. <laughs> merch coming soon. Coming soon. Pants. It's gonna be an X pants. Okay. 
Get your t-shirt now. (laughs) Get your t-shirt. Listen, when this video comes out, there's not going to be another link, but links will be coming with merch. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm already thinking, Justin, that we could have, like, pants in the heavens, like, in the sky, like, floating pants. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, put put a little image up there. Have, like, an X symbol on the pants. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And it'll be on a t-shirt. Which, of yeah. course, makes a lot of sense, you know? Yeah. It's like yeah. pair of pants on T-shirt <laughs> in in the heavens. Anyways, the open expanse. This is just, I mean, going back to creating the heavens, right? Creating the heavens and the earth. Or creating and, and separating the waters from the waters, right? The waters below the expanse and the waters yeah. above the expanse, you know? And so... Um, this seems to, I mean, we know birds don't fly in outer space. Right. Um, so it has to be the sky. It has to include the sky. Right. <clears throat> Definitely. And then we have this whole idea of kinds again, right? Because that's yeah. another young earth idea that, you know, we're all bajillion species created on day one, you know, and this gets back to Noah, right? Where, you know, did Noah bring all these billions of species on this boat with them or did he you know can can you be created in kinds and so um right like so only a certain kind of bird can create so like a crow can only reproduce a crow right so like if there's not some little bacteria that eventually produced all animals or and then people like it's no every bird every every creature was created and can only reproduce its own kind right okay all right, let's move on to the sixth day. Then God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind, cattle and creeping things, and beasts of the earth after their kind. And it was so. God made the beasts of the earth after their kind, and the cattle after their kind, and everything that creeps on the ground after its own kind, and God saw that it was good. So now we have all land animals. Yep. After the birds, after the uh, fishies. Yep, fishies. Fishy, fishy. We're leaving this part in. Okay, yeah. this is gold right here. Yeah. Okay. Um, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. This is the good stuff, guys. This is where we yeah. come in. Yep. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth. (laughs) And over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Did I mention merch? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Did I mention I see, yeah. merch? Okay, I see, yeah. guys, creeping things. Dot. What is it? Dot net or dot yeah. com? No dot net. I couldn't get dot com. It wasn't available. <laughs> I didn't want to pay. Bro, <laughs> <laughs> we promise that we're not trying to make any money off of these. But you know, merch. No. You, mer- <laughs> merch. 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 <laughs> Let's see if we can sell one shirt. You know, in the next. Yeah. You know, two years. I think that'd be great. Um, okay, it was God created man in his own image. And in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. 
and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth and every tree which has fruit yielding seed. It shall be for you and to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the sky and to everything that moves on the earth which has life. I've given every green plant for food and it was so God saw all that he made and behold it was very good very good bam and there Ooh. was evening and there was morning the sixth day yeah so a lot of cool stuff in this paragraph obviously um so starting out with verse 26 let us make man in our image um we we, we see a pl plurality there um, so I guess this is, uh, you know, people, so when we get to the New Testament, we see that the, the Trinity is clearly revealed. And so we can look back, though, in the Old Testament and see that the, the, the Trinity was revealed, just not as, as clearly as in the New Testament. So we, we do see this plurality, though, uh, in like a, 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 a one God. There's one God, but there's a plurality within that one God. So I think that is incredible genesis 1 1 right and so there's a lot of people i'm sorry genesis 1 chapter 1 there's a lot of people that um you know uh are of other faiths right that rely on the old testament as their source books uh jews particularly jews and muslims um look to the old testament and both jews and muslims would both say that the that God is one and that there's no multiple persons within God. That would be their theological viewpoint on yeah. this. And so it, it is fascinating that in Genesis chapter one, from the beginning, we're seeing, let us make man in our image. Um, so, and we could get really deep into that. But the other thing that I think is really interesting, this is kind of an application point. You know, we are created in God's image. How cool is that? You know, my, does my value, first off, there's a lot of, everyone has certain flaws, you know, uh, one of my flaws is that I have a terrible memory at times, you know, um, and so. It's not all, terrible, it's just convenient. It's yeah, <laughs> it, it can be very convenient, uh, especially when you well, lost it. Convenient, convenient when someone's calling you on something and you're like, oh, I don't remember that. Exactly, like, exactly. I'm pretty sure we, I'm pretty sure, uh. I'm pretty sure that you and me have had some of those uh, uh, where, where you conveniently forgot some stuff. That's probably for an, its own separate episode where um, you're <laughs> – that's going to be on a calling out your friends episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> calling out your friends on all their shenanigans episode. Yep. But um, the this whole idea, I think a lot of people, they put their confidence, and I used to do this, where I put my confidence and my self-worth in something other than God. Mm -hmm. And this this verse has given me a lot of comfort, knowing that I'm valuable because I'm creating an image of God. I'm not valuable because, you know, uh, of these successes that I've had, or I'm not valuable because of um, whether people think I'm cool or popular, I'm not valuable because I have, you know, a girlfriend or I don't have a girlfriend or, or whatever it is, you know, and I think a lot of people put their value in these other things. And if you start off with a base, a basis in that 
you are valuable because you are made in the image of God, then your confidence in life and your self-worth, you know, the way you see yourself is, I think, always going to be extremely high. And, and ideally not in an arrogant way, but in a way in which we're all extremely valuable. So this is not just how we treat ourselves and, and kind of seeing our, seeing ourselves in a way that's, you know, like the term now is self-love, right? You know, that's what people say, like, you know, self-love. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Um, I, I have a negative view of how, how that's used, but, but, but I agree, like the value of human life is what's so important. Right. Not, if human, not only our own, but other other yeah, people. Exactly. And so yeah. um, we're not perfect, and we're going to see that in the next chapter that we're we are sinners. But I just, um, you know, God loves you, and He loves all of us, and I think we should we should know that if we don't look a certain way, or we don't, you know, have a certain number of friends, or, or whatever it is, um, we shouldn't put our self worth in other the things of this world so um great point but in talking about that too i believe that the um so there's like this whole history to like international human rights um and i believe it's the hammurabi code or whatever it was that was hmm. prior to the the new testament and so you know I, I i believe that the first um obviously the first declaration of international human rights is right here and and genesis 126 mm. because if we're made in the image of god we have that inherent value right and, and also though when we look at the um even the united nations has this terminology that like people have value i forgot what it was um that I, I had read over all their rules because i did a class on international human rights but they had this statement talking about um people have a value that has been endowed to them right, right. like who endowed that to them, right? Like, obviously, the United Nations left off the idea of a creator, but it's just kind of like no matter how you see it, it, it it's the only logical conclusion is that human life um, was given value by something outside of ourselves, by, by a greater creator that was outside of us. And, and going along with that, like, what does it mean, you know, to be created in the image of God? Right. I mean, there's different views on this, but I guess I kind of lean toward the mind, will, and emotions, um, because God was not a physical being; He's a spiritual one, as we already know. And so, anyway, just kind of interesting. I know there are different perspectives on that. So, if you're an atheist, <laughs> do you have, you know, right here in the Bible, if you if you believe in a creator and you believe in the creator as described in the Bible, we have evidence right here that we're creating the image of God and as such we have value um, I think it's a little harder to have that same basis you know if, if we're just living in a naturalistic world with no creator right how how do you establish value on human life and your worldview on this changes how you view a number of different topics yeah. um, and how you ultimately can live your life so i definitely um i think you know from i think there's i think there's something to be said about that as well you know some if you're looking at different um 
worldviews, this this idea of human life and its value and how you treat people and how you um, decide death and life and et cetera. Anyways, I, I think that's, I don't know, I per personally have an extremely uh, special um, enjoyment whenever I read verses like this, just because, yeah. you know, yeah, right I mean, image you got. Well, yeah, just, I mean, just, just to, to illustrate like what, just what you already said about your worldview um, having an impact. I know that um, I had read a little bit about missions history and, and learned about, you know, a a anthropology um, or learn, learned about what the anthropologists have done. So like the, where like a scientist or some form of scientist, they may go and study like other cultures, meaning they would go out to an area in the jungle and study a native peoples. And I know that um, I had read a book about um, kind of d d documenting some of the native's thoughts. And it was interesting how the anthropologist would just step back and observe and let just, you know, villagers die, natives die, all these terrible things happen because they're just there to study. But the missionaries would come and would intervene. They would give people medical attention. They would um, try to do things that preserved human life. And so the natives didn't understand what the anthropologists were doing, but they were grateful for what the missionaries were doing. Right. And, and, and that's, that leads out of a worldview though, uh, or, or that, or that, that, behavior comes out of a worldview and so like if you are a christian and you believe um <clears throat> that human life is valuable because it was because people were created in god's image you're gonna you're gonna preserve human life you're gonna prevent destruction but if you're just there to study and gather information then i guess it's not hard uh, i'm not saying that atheists don't care about watching people die but i'm saying this is an example where um you, you like you were talking about your worldview plays out in your behavior right well, um, I guess kind of the, I think a good way to wrap this chapter up is this last section here where, and God saw all that he had made and behold, it was very good. And so he, he looks uh, together collectively on what he's created and uh, establishes not only that it's good, but very good. And, I, and I've also um, have seen certain commentators attribute this very good statement to creating humans in the in his in his likeness as well, and so thus tagging this very very good as opposed to just good. Um, yeah, and saying that as well. So um, yeah, I think this is a good you know uh, chapter to start off with. You know, Bible study is one of these things where as soon as someone says Bible study. <laughs> Even to this day, my toes curl a little, <laughs> a little bit because I'm like, yeah, because it's like, man, I'm, I potentially, I could get, this could be really boring or like, you know, I've done this, you know, everybody wants, <laughs> you know, it's either you're involved in no Bible studies or you're involved in like a hundred Bible studies. Yeah. You know, it's like everybody <laughs> wants to start a Bible study all the time. And yeah. what, it, let's just break down what Bible study really means. You're just reading the Bible. And learning more about it. I mean, yeah. that's it. It's like I, I sometimes you can get stuck on these like ter this terminology, and you're like, oh, great Bible study. But really, if God created the universe, and then He gave us this book, which is a manual to how to live our lives and where we came from, 
and how to be saved. You know, if he gave us this book that we can learn and read about, then learning and reading about it seems like it'd be a, a big benefit to us, which yeah. is why I think it's awesome that, you know, we have this book and then we can read it and we can learn more about each one of these verses. I'm specifically not using study. Uh, any any final thoughts on this? Yeah, no, I, I agree with your point. I think that's a great point. And I think that we need to be wise about how we go about Bible study. Um, something interesting that happened last week, I, was, uh, I went to the park uh, with my cousin's son, and we were hanging out talking, and these people uh, came up to try to evangelize us, which is great. That's great. There are people evangelizing at the park. But I ended up sending them away uh, with um, a challenging them to study their Bibles. Not that they were doing anything wrong. They were they appeared to be fellow believers, and that's great. Um, but I think that there are many Christians out there who do not study the Bible properly. And so the idea is that uh, I, I want to preface that me and Henry, we have both read and studied. We have looked into the Bible. We didn't just get up here and share random thoughts that we interpreted thousands of years later without original context being a factor. And so while Bible study is, is hugely important if you if you follow God. And so and you need to do it discerningly. Don't just read a verse. I guess what I'm saying is if you're reading it and thinking about it, um, I would I don't know. I mean, I don't. I guess we could, you know, where to draw the lines here. But I would challenge people that I don't. I don't think that's straight up uh, the most. You know, that's shallow Bible study. That or I wouldn't even call that Bible study. I think that's Bible reading and that's Bible meditation and that's great, right? But we need to find legitimate commentaries um, where you can read and, and and study about you know the original language, right? The original historical context um, and just kind of. There were lots of books written during the, the Jewish time period as well with the Old Testament um, that helps us interpret it. You know, there's lots of, uh, there, you know, like observation, interpretation, application. A lot of times we read something, which is another method of Bible study that, that goes along with what I'm saying. You know, you don't want to read something and jump straight to the application. You need to uh, observe it in its original context, interpret it in its original context, then you arrive at the application. But... Yeah, just kind of, um, you know, there are scholars who have learned these other languages and theologians who have studied all these things, um, you know, the ancient manuscripts and, you know, ancient historians who have, you know, compiled all this into a commentary for us so that we can better understand the Bible. And so that's been a huge, I mean, the, the, do, the two biggest uh, things that impacted in my life was coming to know Christ personally, putting my, putting my faith in Jesus um, for my salvation, for saving me from sins, and that he is the Son of God. And the second biggest one was um, just l actually starting to study the Word of God uh, effectively with commentaries and, and just things like that so I could grow an understanding of his Word, like you pointed out why it's so important. Absolutely. If you want to go and find some commentaries online, studylight.org is definitely one of those that um, provides some commentary uh you can see the commentaries right here bible study tools commentaries look like there's a hundred and seven of them and um you know 
some of the ones in here are like Calvin's commentary on the Bible, John Calvin. Uh, you know, he's got a perspective on this that you could read about. Um, you know, Dr. Constable is on here as well. And so that, that, I mean, that, that, yeah, that, that, sorry, real quick, that's one of my favorites, the Dr. Constable, the, the soniclight.com. Um, that is a legitimate commentary. So, like, if you if you go to seminary or you go to Bible college, um, most uh, that that I'm aware of, they will actually let you cite sources from from Doctor Constable Sonic Lights Sonic Light um, as a scholarly source, even though it's a free online resource. Uh, it is a scholarly source, so this is a very legitimate uh, uh, way to study the Bible. Yeah, if you want to do more in depth study. I think this is a good way to do it. And yeah, I mean, it can be fun too. I think the goal is to have fun with your Bible study. Read, read it and then maybe read some commentaries to see what other people think. And then ultimately, at the end of the day, after you've read a bunch, you need to make up your own decision on, on how this ultimately is to be interpreted in light of the people who have been studying this for a very, really long time. So, um, great. Any, uh, final words? Nope. I've said my piece. Great. Well, um, I just want to say thank you for participating in this Bible study and make sure to buy the merch. <laughs> we have merch, 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 merch. buy the <laughs> merch. What? March. <laughs> Buy that March. Just kidding. Um, but yeah, anyways. I guess, good. I, I guess I'll talk to everybody late. To late. Talk to y'all later. Bye.